few years back, a, a South African man surprised nine would-be robbers trying to rob his home. Eight of the robbers ran away, uh, but the homeowner managed to shove one into his backyard pool. And after realizing that the robber couldn't swim, the man then jumped in and, and saved the robber's life. The Cape Times reported that uh, after the man saved his life, the guy actually called his friends back, pulled a knife on the homeowner again, and after which the homeowner just pushed him right back in the pool. Noticed he was, couldn't swim, noticed he was drowning again, and went in and saved him and actually saved his life twice. The homeowner then said, we were still standing near the pool, and when I saw the knife, I just threw him back in. But he was gasping for air and was drowning, so I rescued him again. I thought he had a cheek trying to stab me after I just saved his life. True story. This morning on this Sunday, as we lean into Thanksgiving, we conclude our series, Gratitude, the Forgotten Virtue. And to wrap up this series, we're going to explore a classic story uh, from the life of Jesus. But before we dig into our text, let me ask you to bring uh, something to mind for which or someone for whom uh, you are grateful. Later in our teaching time, I'm going to ask Pastor Brian and, and Hank to just to, to come out into the congregation with, uh, with mics and give you an opportunity, if you would like, you don't have to, give you an opportunity simply to, to share a simple word of gratitude or thanks that you have before God this morning that you would like to share with all of us so you get a chance to participate at the end of our time today. Our text is Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Let me invite you to turn or uh, launch your Bibles there. Classic story uh, from the life of Jesus. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood out in a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the people of God, and aren't we grateful today? So in the first two weeks of the series, we've looked at two transformative attitudes that lead uh, to having a spirit of gratitude, and that is contentment and joy. And now to close out this series and, and lean into this Thanksgiving week, what I'd like for us to do is just get really practical and consider a few more steps that will help you on your journey to be a person marked by gratitude, not just this week, right, but every week of the year. And the first one is this. As you consider being grateful, see your need. See your need. Now, this may feel a little bit counterintuitive at first, because when we sit down to list that for which we're grateful, we tend to list all the things that we, we have or have experienced. But Maybe it's a good thing to start with seeing our need. The ten men in the story who met Jesus knew they had a need. 
The term leprosy in the time of Jesus was used to describe a variety of skin disorders, all the way from psoriasis to leprosy as we know it today. The symptoms of leprosy range from white patches on the skin to open running sores to missing fingers and toes. Lepers were not just hurting physically though. They were hurting emotionally and spiritually and socially. To the Jews, someone with leprosy was rendered unclean religiously. So they were ostracized from the entire community. They were relegated to leper colonies and they would live on the outskirts of town and they would just hope that their families would be willing to come out to the outskirts of town and set food down for them. They couldn't get close to them, but but some families would take food out to the outskirts. Then others whose families wouldn't do that, they were relegated to begging. And if anyone came near to them, they would have to immediately yell out, unclean, unclean, so that people wouldn't come near them. So imagine how cut off they felt from community. They were isolated. They were hurting physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Clearly, these lepers could see their need. They could see their need. And what's interesting is their need united them. It bound them together. The text says that at least one was a Samaritan. Typically, Jews and Samaritans hated each other. But now, in their common need, they were united. I read an interesting anecdote from the animal kingdom about what happens in the wild when an area floods. And that is animals seek small patches of land on high ground. And typically, when a flood happens, you can see animals who are are normally uh, not friendly to one another. You know, one hunts this one, the other one hunts that one. But typically you see them standing on high ground, uh, not uh, bothering each other. Simply they're united in their common need to survive. Sermon for another time, but I wonder how much of the world's conflict could be resolved if we simply saw our common need. These lepers called out in a loud voice to Jesus, Master, Rabbi, have pity on us. And he heard them. And he responded. To live with gratitude that is soul deep gratitude that stays with you, not just when things are going well, but in hard times, is to recognize the deepest needs in your life that you cannot meet, that you need the grace and the mercy of God. After all, think about it. If we don't recognize that we have needs that we cannot meet, then we live with the spirit of entitlement. Jesus said something like, you know, come to me like a little child. He he wasn't saying come to me with, with the education of a child. What he was saying is come to me with the dependency of a child. So start with telling Jesus that you know you need him. You know you need His salvation. You know you need His grace and mercy in your life every day. This week, I encourage you. I've been suggesting that you write down that for which you're thankful. Now take a shift and write down your needs this week and present them to the Lord. The second thing, as you can see on the screen there, is trust and obey. Trust and obey obey. Jesus told these guys to go show themselves to the priest. It was the priest who could actually declare them well 
before the community. If the priest didn't do this, then they may have been physically healed as Jesus healed them, but they wouldn't have been socially included back into the community. And they did it. They did it. They listened to Jesus. They trusted and they obeyed him. They went. They didn't sit there and argue with Jesus how their healing should occur. They just took their healing and said, okay, that's great, and we're going to go. They trusted Jesus enough to give him a try. I wonder how many of us might sit there and think, you know, Jesus, you didn't really touch me. You didn't really do anything. You know, am I really healed? And, or, or maybe bargain with you. I mean, I don't know. But they acted on it. They're heroes to me in this way. I mean, all of them, they, at least they acted on it. I wonder how much, how often we get up from our prayer time and we present our needs before God and then we get up and seek our own solutions. And we get up and we lean on our own understanding instead of the Lord's. Two things I want us to see about their trusting and obeying here is they trusted Jesus for something big. I mean, they had a big need and they trusted him for it. They asked Jesus for something only Jesus could give. How big are your prayers? How boldly are you approaching God and asking God for only that which God can deliver? Do you need to be healed physically, emotionally, spiritually? Are you asking for your healing? Do you need a, a relationship restored? Are you asking for reconciliation? Do you need a, a prodigal child to return home? Are you asking for the miracle of restoration? Do you need provision? Are you asking daily for your daily bread? So ask the Lord for something big, that which you need. God can handle it. The second thing for us to see is they trusted with obedience. They did what Jesus told them to do. No wonder a classic hymn is trust and obey, for there's no other way. Because, you know, when we ask Jesus in prayer for something, trusting without obedience is really anxious chatter when you think about it. Trusting without obedience is anxious chatter. It's merely reciting needs before God without the intention of doing that which God wants you to do to be open to Him meeting that need. This gets to the issue of how open we are, not just talking to God, but listening for the voice of God, ready to act when we hear the Master's voice. It's a gentle question this morning. Have you been resisting the voice of God in an area of your life? Have you sensed God nudging you in a direction, but you're second-guessing or unwilling to take a step of faith? Consider those gentle questions as you think about what you need to move forward in an area of life. Trust is leading. Obey the nudge. It could very well lead you to a miracle of healing or some other type of provision in your life. And when you do, be like the Samaritan and return thanks. Return thanks. The text says that all ten were healed, but only one came back. Only one came back to give thanks. Look at verses 15 and 16 again. 
one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Now, don't miss this detail. The Holy Spirit inspired Luke to include it for a reason. All ten men cried out for pity. In a loud voice, they cried out to say their need. But only one, only one grateful man came back. And listen to what the text says. He gave thanks in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He threw himself in gratitude at the feet of Jesus, and he didn't care who saw him and what others thought about him. The only person who mattered to him in that moment was Jesus. How many times do we cry out to Jesus in a loud voice for pity, but only offer a whimper of praise and thanksgiving in return? How many times do we cry out in a loud voice for pity, but only offer a whimper of praise and thanksgiving in return. So this leads us to a question. What is your volume of gratitude this year? What is your volume of gratitude? Are you praising God with all of who you are? Are you falling at the feet of Jesus with a reckless, I don't care who sees me, love Jesus, abandon Interesting. How do we return thanks? Do you know when you acknowledge Jesus before others who are not Christians, that is a return of thanks? That's an expression of gratitude. Do you know when you help others and, and serve others, that is a return of thanks, an expression of gratitude? Do you know when you open your life up to others and show hospitality to others and make space for them in your life, that's a return of thanks because the Lord made space for you in his life? Do you know when you give to the work of God, when you give of your time, talent, treasures, expertise, that is a return of thanks for all that God has done for you. Return thanks. One came back. The other nine received their healing. They took the blessing, and yet they didn't give thanks. I don't want to be like the nine. I want to be like the one, the one man who fell at the feet of Jesus in a loud voice and gave thanks. So don't whisper your praise. Don't rush off away from Jesus this Thanksgiving. Bow down to him and thank him for all that he's done for you. Well, I have...